This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders. Was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, y'all, this is Mary Nahorniak. When I'm not singing to my daughter and talking music with the guys from Rocking the Suburbs, I'm listening to Jesse Jackson on Set Lusting Bruce. to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and tonight I'm recording with two of my favorite fellow podcasters. That's right, we are rocking the suburbs via Skype. I have Jim and Patrick with me. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello, Jesse. But why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Uh, you both have been on the show separately, and yep. you've been kind enough to invite me to your podcast. But why don't you kind of share a little bit about yourselves and your podcast, and then we'll talk about what we're going to do tonight. Okay. So I'll start. You sure. can jump in at any yeah. point here. I'm Jim. I'm Patrick. Uh, Jim Lenahan. Yes. I guess if people need to know that. And, uh, you know, for the record, when you go into court, you have to state your name for the record, <laughs> right? So Patrick and I. Yeah. We started a podcast called Dad Rock. Yes, we did. And we did that for about a year and a half. Oh. And that was when you were nice enough, Jesse, to have us each separately on your show. And that was great. Best, and, I think, best breakfast I've yes. ever had in my life. And, yes. Yeah. And we talked to you, Jesse, when we were down in Dallas as part of like a little road trip that we uh, did for the podcast, right? Amazing. And yes. that was great. And you ordered some kind of country fried steak yes. and eggs or something. Then I hear us. Yes. And, and so listeners, we, you have to explain. I, I, I have to explain. I am a man of size, and Jim and Patrick are both thin as rails. You know, like I'm looking for them. We're in this diner, and they they ordered pretty. I was waiting for them to go. I'll have some yogurt and a little, you know, wheatgrass. You know, because they are just rail thin. And I'm like, hey, they have a chicken fried steak, eggs Benedict. Let's bring it on. That so, was, uh, yeah, that oh, was great. God, that was great. Yeah. So we, well, By the we, way, we were in Texas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It made sense, I think. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, so that was great. We met you. We had a great time at that breakfast, and uh, we talked to you then. Then you had us on your show, yep. and that was fun. And then we stopped doing the Dad Rock. We did because circumstances sort of intervened, and yeah, 
and made us sort of go off on our own. That's right. And do a new podcast, which we call Rock in the Suburbs, and we've been doing that for about six months. It's been going great. We, it's Monday through Friday. Yeah, we changed up the format. It's a daily show now, yeah. so we try to keep the episodes under 20 minutes. Sometimes mm-hmm. that doesn't always Might go a little work. Longer. Yeah. But uh, we talk about uh, music. It's, um, I, I guess you would describe it, we call it Rock in the Suburbs because it sort of gives you the sense of, like, these are guys who are, you know, family guys, sort of le- le- leading the domestic kind yeah, of life totally. uh you know we're older gentlemen and uh we just love music i'm sitting here in patrick's basement right now and i'm surrounded by vinyl records and you know it's an amazing thing and what we found is that there are a lot of people out there like us there are yeah. a lot of people we just got an right. email today from a guy who says he's been listening to us for a long time and he's like 54 and he's still into music and he has a hard time finding other people who share this passion right. because as you get older a lot of people sort of age out they only listen to the stuff that they liked when they were you know teenagers and maybe in their 20s and and here's some what we found is that there's a lot of there are enough people like us who are total music geeks for life that they uh enjoy that perspective and they feel like they're sort of hanging out with us and also patrick we should mention too that we usually uh now with the new show yeah uh, enjoy some beverages. We talk about beer because we like to drink a good beer. Yeah. I was going to say, right now I am drinking a Trogues Perpetual IPA, which I just picked up at the supermarket on the way over to Patrick's and, and bought it purely because it was on sale. And it's great. It's fantastic. So we have that. delicious. Yeah. So good. I've only drank in four. Well, I, in honor <laughs> Zima. Period music Something like of that. some. And, yeah. and somehow we started riffing on Zima. Yeah. Yes. And then it came to light that it was coming back for some right. limited time yeah, some and reason. so we kept sort of promoting that and then we we tried it out on the back deck at my house we recorded we had like a little party and we had a zima tasting yeah didn't go that well i don't know what, what your experience is like what do you think no. of um as i said uh, i will probably not finish this but i'm <laughs> i'm sipping it out of loyalty when we do get together we will have to do a bourbon tasting in honor of yes. uh, our Absolutely. love of louisville Um, So one of the things that Jim and Patrick do really well is they they have theme weeks. They will have a guest that will visit with them for the whole, as I do air quotes, the week. Um, And they will talk about different stories. They have done cover episodes where they talk about uh, cover songs. They did a great uh, discussion of great songs that you're tired of. Um, which I thought was a really interesting, for example, Bruce Springsteen's I'm on Fire. How this perfect pop song discussion started. Give me the history, and then that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Perfect pop song. How'd that come up, Patrick? Uh, I don't know, Jim. I think it was your idea, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, you know, here, Well, first of all, let me just say, one of the funny things about recording episodes that... that uh, that published five days a week is I can barely remember once that we, that we had like, you know, three, four weeks ago, let alone like several months ago. Right. Right. It's just, there's a lot of content there, but the perfect pop idea came up. You know, we're not the first ones to sort of explore this territory, but but it's a personal concept. Right. right? Right. But it came up with, I think, I think I was putting together a playlist on my, uh, my Spotify account where I was sort of challenging myself. That's what it was. I was sort of challenging myself to like, what would, that's it. Okay. So now it's coming back to me. I was like, what would I put together as a, 
is a collection of songs that I think are just perfect. And then the challenge, of course, was that uh, I could only pick one song by any individual. And sometimes it wasn't necessarily my favorite song. Like right. there, sometimes you can think it was, like, right, the best constructed. That's whatever. right. Yeah, right. Yeah. But like, what makes it sort of like the that's perfect it. song yep. of that artist versus necessarily the one that you think yeah. is your is your own personal favorite, right? So that's when we came up with the idea of perfect pop. A lot of there's been some confusion, I think, from people because everybody has sort of a different different definition of pop. Yeah. And so it's like, is it a is it a pop song meaning like it's not a rock? song some people right. might take it that way is and it a pop is, song meaning it has like a like sort of a pop construction right. like and this is what i want to ask right. you guys about right regarding bruce yes right. and so that's basically how it got started we've done uh i don't know we've probably had about thir- somewhere in the range of like about 15 perfect pop selections both from me and patrick and then guests of the show yep. and listeners have contributed and we've had you know we interviewed chuck prophet who's a uh, some people might recognize him as a uh, a musician of some note, and mm-hmm. he contributed to it. We also uh, Tommy asked Stinson. Tommy Stinson yeah. from The Replacements about it, right? And we haven't actually aired that bit no, yet. We yet. still have oh. that sort of in our archives, so we have a couple of picks from him. So the Springsteen question, I think, is a really, yeah. really difficult oh, one. Well, yeah, and really to pull back the curtain on, you know, I, so far, they have not blocked my phone number. Uh, because I tend to call at least once or twice a week because when I listen to the show, I, I think of something. And, and so I We're was, <laughs> thank you. And so I, I was like, well, you could go glory days or dancing in the dark as a perfect pop song. But I, I said, you know, let me send a curveball. speaking of glory days to the guys and i won't pick a springsteen song i'll pick something else and you know bowling with soup uh the girls all the guys bad guys want was something that my son in junior high he liked that song and i for some reason thought it was just this fun great pop song because it had a lot of different tempos and it was clever and and it was just a fun song and so i said okay i'm gonna totally go outside of my norm and suggest this a song Jim and Patrick emailed me and said, you know, you've been asking us to be on the show. Why don't we talk about Bruce's pop songs? We think it would be a fun episode, and I totally agree. So that's how this kind of came up with. Um, did I remember correct, guys? That sounds about right. Yeah. Yep. yeah. It, that's, we're going to, you know, we're going to print the legend, right? We're going to be like uh, Jimmy Stewart. Mm-hmm. and then, Yeah. Um, so yes. 
And then the doors blew open and the yes. pig man stormed yes. through, exactly. right? Exactly. Yes. Okay. Um, so we kind of did, through an email, we came up with our discussion that we'll, we're going to eat, we each picked three songs that we feel are good examples of Bruce writing pop songs. I think we're going to have a little discussion beforehand. I, I, I heard you had some questions for us. As he said, we didn't pick Glory Days or Dancing in the Dark. Um, I know I picked one off, you know, Born in the USA, uh, but most of us, we kind of pick things that you may not have thought about for the boss. We're going to go around the table, but little Steven in the documentary, uh, you know, the promise um, yeah. talked about, he said, if Bruce had wanted to be a pop, you know, an artist who wrote pop songs, he believed he could have been one of the best pop song writers of all time. Now, that's bold claim from the pirate, Little Steven, but I do think there is a, at least a grain of truth of that because when Bruce wanted to do something catchy and, and you know, that's easy to sing along with, he's very good at it. What do you guys think? Completely, and I think, if I'm remembering, I, I often get the two documentaries confused. There's the one from The Promise and there's one on the river, I right, think, yeah. the, the Ties That Bind. Yeah. yeah. But... Um, I think you're right on that one. Didn't he even say something to the effect of like, you know, in a few years earlier or 10 years earlier or something like that, like, like Bruce could have worked in the Brill building. Like he was that good. He could have yes. been like cranking out those, those, those catchy pop songs yeah. like Carol King did. Right? right. Right. Yes. The other thing too, I want to mention is, um, you know, I do think there are certain songs, like you said, like dancing in the dark is one of those that is completely, you know, just catchy and, and a pop song and has that sort of very traditional verse chorus verse kind of structure to it he also was like apparently just like wrote it like really quickly to be yeah you know when they sort of like we need a radio single and he could just do it like that's, that. that's an amazing yeah. thing totally. yes. the other one you didn't mention too that i think you know is is quite perfect but uh but maybe too obviously so is hungry heart yeah yes i totally agree with that yes that is in fact that was i guess one of his first real Radio hits. I think that was a a gateway drug to a lot of Springsteen fans hearing "Hungry Heart" on the radio. Um, so yeah, I think so. Did and before we give our songs, or maybe you guys want to share it as you give your songs. What was your criteria in what you thought would be a fair Springsteen pop song? And Jim, we'll start with you. Oh, okay. Oh, you know, and and one other thing I wanted to mention too, Jesse, based on your comment about. Uh, Steve Van Zandt, I think he's right in his characterization of Springsteen as a pop songwriter, but I also think he needs to give himself some credit for this too, because I think Steven's influence on Bruce yeah. brought out the best in him. Totally, and you got to think about this before they recorded, before he did the born to run album, I would, you know, you, you didn't necessarily see necessarily a great pop songwriter in Bruce's work on his first two albums. I mean, there were some, touches there but i think interesting but it's not necessarily great like pop song craft yeah right yeah. yes so i think Steve, I, I think little steven's influence really sort of changed his direction and made him realize that you know that you don't need to do all that to write a great pop song yeah i think so and i also love um supposedly uh steven would go really we're giving this one away 
say the song he's talking about because I suspect it might make one of our lists. Uh, but, um, you know, it is, it's kind of interesting to, I agree with you that, you know, their friendship historically, Bobby Jean is a lot of speculation that was their yeah. song that Bruce wrote about their friendship. Um, and you can tell even to this day, um, like when you hear Bruce talk about putting the uh, E Street Band when they were nominated in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, he told the story about him and Little Steven when he when Bruce was nominated and Steven pushing, no, you should wait till all of us can be there. And and he Bruce shared about, you know, a little bit of hurt feelings and maybe a little bit of ego. So they've remained friends for years. And uh, I do think they've been good for each other. Yeah, I think every great songwriter, pretty much every great songwriter needs that that person to sort of bounce things off of, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, work for, yeah. you know, Lennon McCartney and Jagger and Richards and, you know, even like uh, Tom Petty and Mike Campbell, right? They're always yeah. just like a guy. Written by Bruce. Yes. Quarter by Bruce. It's a river outtake. Um, and it's really a takeoff on a song that became more famous later. So people know Nebraska, right? Uh, songs called Open All Night, Jim. You know this song? Mm -hmm. um, it's the only song in Nebraska with an electric guitar, right? Mm -hmm. And then on the river, there was an outtake of it, okay? This outtake was called... Living on the Edge of the World. Living Last yeah. week, but yes. anyway, Living on the Living Edge, Edge of the World. Living on the Edge of the World is the song I'm talking about, and folks, listen to it. It's just like an earlier version of the song, so Springsteen was that good. That early comes. Yep. Early North Jersey industrial skyline. Yeah, I um, I think that's a great song. Um, you know, one of the things that's amazing about Bruce is his the catalog of the songs he didn't release. You know, if for those of you who are not hardcore fans, Tracks is a box set of just out songs that didn't make the cut, right? And yeah. it is and it's yeah. just like four CDs of songs that uh, is amazing. Um, yeah, I, I love that song, and I think it's a great choice. Thank you. All right. Excellent. Yeah. All right, so now I get to go. Yes. Yeah. Right? Go, Jim. Okay. Go. So since you mentioned tracks, Jesse, I'm going to stick with that for a second here. And I'm going to... Remember a time that I saw Springsteen a few years ago. I, I think I've seen him total of six times. And one of those times was a few years ago. He played in Charlottesville, Virginia. And Jesse, this was so cool because uh, in Charlottesville, the um, arena there, the basketball arena where the University of Virginia plays, it's about 15,000 capacity. Yeah. Wow. Which 
makes it smaller than most of the yeah. normal arenas, you oh. know, that, that uh, oh. somebody like Springsteen would play. Right. I mean, usually those are 20 or so. So it's like just that little bit of difference made it a more intimate yeah. show, right? Yeah. Probably about the smallest that he would play today, right. wouldn't you say? Right. Oh, right? oh yeah. yeah. Anyway, so he's playing the show, and I'm um, there with my friend uh, Chris Wadsworth. It was his yeah. first show. Sure. He ever saw Springsteen. And, um, and, Springsteen plays at one point pretty early on in the show. He plays a seaside bar song. Oh, and, really? Yeah, yeah. And it was great. And then he finishes that up and he says, "We're going deep on tracks tonight." And the next song he played, which is one of my list here, which I think is just an incredible pop song in that Brill Building sort of style. Give the girl a kiss. Oh, nice. Oh, yes, that is so nice. Gosh, I would have loved to have been at that show. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Oh, that is wonderful. Um, oh, good. Well, I ain't looking for excitement. Baby, that's just a fact. But if you want to get to her heart, you better let her know just where you're at. Whoa, it ain't written in the sky, but no fortune's ever told me this. have on my all hardcore Springsteen fans have this list of songs they're chasing, their version of Springsteen bingo. Um, Give the Girl a Kiss would be close to being on my list. Um, uh, Lion's Den is one of the songs from Mm. Tracks that I really love that I gave a lot of thought to perhaps being on this list. I know. Same thing. It has a great beginning. Yeah. I love that little like sort of, sort of spoken wordish kind of beginning yeah. to it. Oh, it's nice. so good. Yes. Yeah. Um, Give the girl a kiss is from that, you know, that darkness on the edge of town outtakes. And I yeah. think like it, the promise kind yeah. of area. Right. And the story on that was just they had so much time in the studio, right? Because they have he, he was having the contractual yeah. issues and, with. And he was encouraging people to bootleg shows at that period. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so he just he just had all this time to record all this stuff. That's and right. there's so many great outtakes from yeah. that the, those sessions. Yeah, absolutely. So I this I had a lot of trouble picking, by the way, a commercial uh, coming up in a couple of months. I'm going to have a couple of people from Europe join me uh, to do our 10 favorite songs because someone had posted their 10 favorite Springsteen songs. And both of these regular listeners like, oh, I don't know if I agree with that list. And so I said, OK, well, come on the show and do your own. And now then they're trying to. I can't get it down to just 10, Jesse, and I, and I wanted to go, hey, I've got to get it down to three for this episode. So, But I picked another outtake from The Promised, Ain't Good Enough For You. Well, you don't like me. 
Jesse, I think you I think you've nailed it. <laughs> that one is an amazing pop song. Yeah, it is so stuff. catchy. It's got the greatest hook. It it feels like it's of a different era, but like also like could be from any time. Yes. Yeah. Right? It's it's beautiful yeah. song. Thank you. Yeah. I this is one I would probably make a mess of myself if he played that live, but I would just be so thrilled to see that. So uh, good. I'm glad you guys liked it. Well, here's so here's my question for you, Jesse, as you know, as somebody like yourself who's really studied Springsteen's work, you know, he has all these amazing outtakes from those sessions from both Darkness and The River. And The River, you know, um, has more of a pop sensibility, I think, than than Darkness does. But it's sort of like, do you think that, why do you think it was that he kept a lot of that stuff out, those like really poppy 60s, you know, influence kind of songs? Darkness on the Edge of Town is a much, you know, in the title it's a much darker yes heavier kind of record right was it just because of you think the the times right then and it's sort of like he wanted to still project this image as sort of like a rock star and not a pop star or something like that i think that's a fair guess i i also think one of the things you hear if you listen to east street radio uh sirius xm you know he'll he's putting together that jigsaw puzzle of the story he wants to tell on that album i think he is you know i i i like hearing people talk about screenwriting and uh, i'll listen to podcasts about creative people cliche you have to kill your babies you know sometimes you have to kill your favorite joke or scene to make the story work the way you want to this this script you're working mm-hmm. on and i think maybe that could be him that he has to yes this is a great pop song but it doesn't fit what i'm trying to sell right and so therefore i'm going to put it aside yeah i think that's i think that's probably it right yeah and certainly with darkness on the edge yeah. of town you know yes. he was going for something there that really spoke to the times right yeah i think okay. so um so that's what i would do though i i do we have this discussion sometimes when I have a guest on is I would be happy with a Springsteen concert that started with Tunnel of Love forward and that's all he played is songs from those hmm. releases. And most classic fans will say, and I would be okay doing Darkness and Before and not hearing anything before that. Um, so I, I think it just depends on kind of when you found your Bruce voice and what you feel for, I tend to like some of the later stuff more than I do the earlier stuff. So Okay. Okay. All right. What do we got next? Oh, I got a song, Jesse. I'm going to talk about a song, you know, like many songs that I talk about. Um, I'm going down on Porn in the USA. To me, that's a perfect song, uh, but it's perfect in the sense that when you're hurting and you're sad and everything's going wrong for you because you had a girlfriend who loved that song and you don't have that girlfriend anymore. Yes. Just that, just that I think that when you examine a pop song or a rock and roll song, whatever kind of song, and you're in pain, you examine it so much more perfectly, right? Yes. When you're sad, rock and roll means yeah. so much more to you than it does when you're happy, you know? Yeah. Or it means something different, Jim. Right. And so, you know, I was always sad, but I was not, I'm going down, but that's what it's about, being sad. Like, you're no longer good enough. Everything you did that made you laugh before didn't make you laugh anymore. So, 
That's all I'm saying, Jason. I think that is beautiful. You know, I I have different drum from Linda Ronstadt. Uh, I I was in college and and this girl that I was assumed was going to be the love of my life broke my yeah. heart and I went and had headphones and just played that song on an album over and over again. Um, it was sad that day. Yeah, it was a sad that day. No, it's true, and I um I love that feeling of because. Pop doesn't have to be happy. It can be this sad song that that you can almost wrap yourself in that sadness and right. in a healthy way work through that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going down. It's about, you know, going down in every sense. But accepting yeah. it. You're right. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, I get that you no longer love me, but whatever. Well, we're here for you now, and we're <laughs> emotionally holding for you. Um, I just need your uh, support. Di- di- different drum, by the way, written by Mike Nesmith. Oh, you knew right. that, right? Monkey. Yes, yeah. I did, yeah. A great pop songwriter. Sure. Absolutely. You know, the other thing I think that's important to talk about in going down is if you're going to write a, at least in my mind, you know, a checklist of things that make a perfect pop song is repeatable phrases. I, I don't yeah. know if you guys remember, you know, the, there was a Saturday Night Live skit where, um, you know, people, casual fans sing the Beatles and they only know the little catchphrases. You know, mm-hmm. Penny yeah. Lane is in my head and in my heart. And then they're... <laughs> right. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with pop. You know that that catchphrase or that the chorus or, or some the phrase that's repeated. And I think that's a great, you know, I'm going down is a really good example of that. So well done. Oh, All right. Thank you. All right. So is it my, yes, my it turn is. now? Yes, turn, it is, Jim. Jim. Go, man. Go. Uh, I'm going to play off of this, right. what Patrick just said yeah. about the sort of the sadness. The other thing about a great pop song is it doesn't have to be a, a up-tempo song. Right. right? No. It could be a slower song, yes. too. Yes. And... There's a song, a, a later period uh, Springsteen song from what I call his wilderness years, mm-hmm. where he was uh, without the E Street Band right. trying to do something else. And it's called If I Should Fall Behind. Yes. 
and it was originally on Lucky Town. Yes. Which is a really underrated record. Yeah, That's a really I, good record. Totally agree. Uh, but then the version that he recorded with the uh, reconstituted E Street Band mm -hmm. uh, later on, when they, uh, right around 2000, I think, uh, when they reformed and were going to go on a tour. It's amazing. Go check this out. There's, there's a video of it that you can watch on, uh, you know, on the YouTubes or whatever. It, what is so amazing about this song, and it really sort of makes me, it really almost makes me kind of tear up every time I watch it, is that it's one of the only times I, I, I've ever known him to really allow the other band members to participate vocally mm. in, a, yes. in a track in a, in, a, in a substantial way. And it was because he was getting the band back together and he thought like, Hey, let's, let's do this song. And each member of the E Street band takes a verse and it's a very sparse song. There's just this, re this really just kind of lovely little guitar part. The melody is just beautiful, but what, makes it just a perfect pop song is there's two things is it, sort of the sentiment of the song which originally written was you know relationship song but in this version takes on more of a, a friendship kind of meaning um great melodically but uh in, in in its simplicity which i think is also important but the beauty of it is you know when you write a great pop song true greatness it has like a universal truth yeah. to it right yes and i can't really think of a relationship song that kind of speaks to what relationships are all about better than the lines um i'll wait for you and if i should fall behind wait for me yeah. i mean honestly like you does does that sum up what you everybody hopes for and wants and seeks in in terms of a relationship right and so it, it's just really a beautiful lovely song it's very simple it has almost a gospel feeling to it and uh you know it's just a perfect pop song we swore we travel darling side by side we've held each
valley ahead There need the oaks bow Soon we will wear Should we lose each other In the shadow of the totally agree um it is my go-to um if i'm writing a card to someone that's getting married <laughs> you know I, I tend to quote some of that lyrics um i also i don't know if you've seen but um they do kind of a waltz version in the when they were in dublin and so it changes the tempo a little bit mm. Um, yeah. It's definitely worth checking out. Um, I mean, just a quote for a minute, because this is truly one of my favorite songs. Now, everyone dreams of love lasting and true. Oh, but you and I know what this world can do. So let's make our steps clear that the other may see. I'll wait for you. And if I should fall behind, wait for me. We're all three married. We all three have children. Yeah. And we've mm -hmm. gone through that where it, it's a journey and it's it can it, it's fun sometimes and sometimes it's hard work. And the beauty of that song is the simplicity of, you know, I may get lost. Will you wait for me? Yeah, no, that's exactly it. what people know when they are in a long term relationship. I've been married for Oh geez, now I got to remember. But uh, I mean, uh, years, yeah. twenty-three years, and Patrick's a little bit more than me, I think. 79, right? Seventy-nine. Yeah. Seventy-nine years. Great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um. But you know, it's that whole thing that you're not always in sync. You're not always in the same place all the time. But it's that faith that you have that you're gonna, you know, get there. You're gonna get back. You you have that trust in the other person, right? And so. It, it's just it's an unbelievably beautiful sentiment I it, it feels like a song that you you almost can't believe somebody wrote because it's just so you know perfect in that sense uh, but also what I was gonna say about this particular version with the whole E Street band trading off is then it shows you that um, that it goes beyond just that 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 sort of um, love for another person and that trust in another person extends beyond just that marital relationship or that you know sort of romantic relationship into friendship, which is, makes it in a lot of ways even more beautiful in some sense, right? Well, man, I'm really getting heavy no, on this thing. <laughs> no, Jim, I appreciate it yeah. because think about it when you <laughs> watch. Yeah, this is the reunion yeah. tour. They had been apart for a long time. Right. There were that hurt feelings. Um, you know, if you ever, uh, you know, Clarence Clement had a, a great book about tall tales, and he talked about he was a Ringo star when he got the phone call that he was being fired. And so, you know, who else could understand that more than anything else, right? Um, but now then, when you see them sing that, and Danny and Clarence are gone, makes the video even oh. more you know yeah. special so great yeah. pick absolutely um I, I think you may win the night just that that story so that's well, awesome 
And, uh, you know, I think Patrick and I feel have these feelings all the time. Of right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. We're rarely in sync. <laughs> well, but he knows, he knows I'll wait for him. Right. Well, and, you know, when I needed to put something out, and my listeners know, and, uh, you know, going through my battle with cancer, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he did a version of Blood Brothers, um, and he had a mm-hmm. had a, a extra verse talking about, you know, it's a good night for a ride across the river to the other side, my Blood Brothers, and it was never an official release. He just did it live, and that's one of my, you know, great songs, and I use that you know, kind of sometimes when I'm doing updates about what's happening. Um, I did think it's an interesting discussion. When I read Bruce's autobiography, because one of the questions I always had is why doesn't he let other people sing? Mm -hmm. Uh, Like Willie Nelson, here's one for my sister. And, you know, and you'll see, I mean, Billy Joel once let, you know, his – roadie do highway to hell at a show i went to but you know bruce is filled with great musicians that have their own you know separate careers you're like why wouldn't he let him sing and the book makes it very clear he is the boss and this is this is that is go ahead well you know it's a great point jesse i once sang a song at a at a Willie Nelson concert. Oh, <laughs> Willie Nelson oh <laughs> wow. We need that. Yes. <laughs> Let me ask you this, sure. Jim and Jesse. Uh, do you think, it, you know, because this is to me so much about Springsteen, the mythology of like, I'm going to start a song and then there's going to be this story in the middle mm-hmm. that ties the song together and makes the song, you know, so much different and perfect, right? So, like, growing up, 1978, Agora, Cleveland, Ohio, right? Came out. It's live. Like, you can download it from Bruce Springsteen. Jesse, to you, is that a perfect pop song when he stops the song and then tells the story and then plays the rest of the song? Hmm. Like, how does that – how do you feel about that? So, it depends on the song. Um, When – he did my second ever Bruce Springsteen show was the Devils and Dust solo tour, and um, it was in a very small venue in Grand Prairie, Texas. Um, I had the worst seat in the house. Um, there was a to the right of me was the aisle, and to the left of me was a pillar. I had a seat by <laughs> myself, and. Um, and a guy came up to me and said, do you want a better seat? And I thought it was a scalper. And then it hit me, wait a minute, I'm inside the building. This can't be a scalper. And uh, it was someone from Springsteen's camp, and I ended up getting like fifth row center seats. Wow. So, yeah, cool. great show. But um, Jesus was an only son. Um, he talked about that. He wanted. He was really interested in thinking about motherhood, and uh, Devils and Dust has a, a few songs about parenthood. Long time coming is another good song about parenthood, and he talked about in the middle of this song, he kind of goes on to this little discussion that, you know, was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Was Jesus sitting there going, you know? maybe I could buy that little bar in Galilee 
Mary Magdalene and I could run it, and I could do the preaching on the weekend. And and um, he talked about that it's the humanity of um, Jesus' sacrifice that means a lot. It's the humanity of all, any sacrifice. And then he finishes the song. I love every time he does that. Mother, pray, sleep tight, my child, sleep well. For I'll be at your side. Let no shadow, no darkness, no tolling bell shall pierce your dreams this night. that we make are given their value by the things that we give up for them, the parts of life that we, that we pass by. You had to be thinking, gee, Galilee is pretty nice this time of year. There's a little bar, I could manage it. Mary Magdalene to Ten Bar to do the preaching on the weekends and uh, have some kids get to watch the sun on their face get to feel the breath in your lungs garden at Gethsemane he prayed for the life he'd never lived he beseeched his heavenly father remove a cup of death from his lips now there's a loss that can never be replaced a destination that can never be Light you'll never find in another's face. A sea whose distance cannot be breached. Well, Jesus kissed his mother's hands, whispered, Mother, still your tears. For remember the soul of the universe Will the world end it appear I think it depends on the song, if that's not too much of a... No, um, I fair... mean, that makes sense, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that was kind of my curiosity about okay. picking a perfect Bruce song. Right. Because yeah. really... The story of, you know, from like Cleveland in 78 yeah. shaped a lot of my life because at one point he says, I was going to this Catholic school. I got sent home for pissing in my desk. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. the crowd cheers like uncontrollably. And then he says, obviously a popular pastime, right? <laughs> so I was like, yeah. 
Well, really cool, man. It, I <laughs> to get sent home. Yes. For being yourself. Yeah. Like, that's the best, man. You know, so I'm I'm signed up for that. Well, I remember I was, um, John Hyatt was playing here in Dallas, and he was doing just like your dad did. In the middle yep. of the out middle of the song, he started telling the story about his dad and his mom and him and his siblings watching Ed Sullivan and the Beatles were yep. going to be on there. And he tells this long story about even though we were really poor, we had one of the first TVs that had a remote control and his dad changed the channel when, you know, next up the Beatles and, and, and and he's all worried and then his dad gets the channel right back in time for to hear Elvin Sullivan Ed Sullivan say here's the Beatles and mm-hmm. and he goes crazy you know high saying me and my sister were dancing and we're laughing and then he goes into the end of just like your dad did and it it stuck with me because it was it it amplified the song it made the song work more with that story so i think that's and once again, a good artist can do that. And, you know, a mediocre artist, it just doesn't click. Right. Okay. Well, I think, I think a great pop song should move you in some way. And, right. And, uh, you know, a Springsteen show is often sort of like part revival, right? Yes. And, you know, he's out there testifying, right? And, he is. you know, you as, you as the audience, you should feel somehow moved by that. And so I, I think it all, you know, fits together, right? Absolutely. Yeah. In another life, he would be a Southern preacher, uh, you know. Um, so my second is um, it is my son's favorite Springsteen song. And I'm so glad you guys mentioned The River because there that is a very pop album. Um, Sherry Darlin, Cadillac Ranch, Hungry Heart, all those were possibly on my list but i ended up going with out in the street another and when the foreman calls time on monday when the foreman calls time i've already got friday on my mind and mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's anyone in america <laughs> no matter from ceo to the lowest intern that on monday morning isn't already thinking about friday and i just love that universal line Yeah. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah. Well, and it, it and it's a callback to the Easy Beats. Yeah. Friday in my mind, which totally. starts with Monday, you know, yes. and goes through the whole week, right? So it's yeah, it's amazing. That that's a great song too. In the, uh, I'm so glad you made that pick because it has one of those choruses that you you will never forget. No, you know, right? That it just instantly imprinted on your mind. That's right. Yes. Um, and uh, and it has sort of a a, a real kind of like. Oh, it's, it's, it has this real kind of like street energy. Yeah. Do you yes. know what I mean? Like yeah. you, yes. Like I do. It called onto the street, but you feel it. Like you feel like you're, you know, in the the city, right? Totally. You know, from yeah. the just the whole beat of the song and the whole way it, uh, you know, the way it feels, right? Right. And and you have the uh oh uh oh, which is yes. a wonderful yeah. sing along uh, both uh, live uh, and in the, uh, when you're on the uh, radio, um, you know, because once again, um. A good pop song you sing along with on the radio. Um, I'm I'm a little bit older than you guys, and um, I grew up heavy AM radio, and a lot of my cooler friends listened to the FM radio, and I said, but I don't know the songs. You can't sing along. And they said, that's part of the joy. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> What's the purpose of a radio if you can't sing along with it? Right. <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, well, good. I'm glad you like, like that one. Um, all right. We got one more round to go. Patrick? Well, I'm going to go with something pretty obvious here, Jesse. Okay. Um, 10th Avenue Freeze Out. Right? Born yes. to Run. It's a classic song, but... To me, it always evoked some mystery. Like, what was 10th Avenue? And what was a freeze out? And what did I do when I walked around the corner? That's like, a good who are these people? You know? Yeah. And it was always mysterious to me. Yet, it swung so hard. Like, and I recognized some of the stuff from Motown and, you know, some horns I'd heard before, maybe, you know, I don't know where, but Bruce, you know, gobbled up. 45 some weird places jim i don't know yeah I just yeah. like the the weirdness of it well it has a very stacks yeah sound to I mean, it completely I, I love the way you know when he plays that live that's usually like where he 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 has that microphone stand that's sort of like implanted yeah. in the stage so it right. doesn't move and then he like leans way back where he's right. back you know almost touching the the stage floor yes and the and the the horn just come in and it plays and then he's just like revived like James Brown and it's just he jumps up and it's amazing plays. it's, it's, it's always, incredible yeah it's always been to me like his synthesis of Detroit and Chicago and like all the blues right. and like everything that was weird and exciting to him and somehow he managed to you know file it all down into one nice fingernail and that's 10th Avenue it's, it's me and it yeah. sort of tells a story about the band and you yes. know the big man everything is in down. there yeah, yeah.
I love when it's live. In fact, we have a um, I have a local um, Bruce Springsteen kind of tribute band that plays every once in a while, and the guys are really nice. And but I always tell them, I said it it just doesn't seem right that your lead singer doesn't go. And this is the important part, you know. <laughs> uh, and you know, even now when he he plays this. Um, you know, they show pictures of Danny and they show pictures of Clarence and um, it, it is just um, it is just a celebration of joy. And it is, um, you know, I was so glad that he played that when he did the Super Bowl. It, it's just a wonderful song that you you get up and you sing when it's live and when it's on the the radio or on your CD player or your iTunes wherever you're listening to it you turn it up um you know if i've been doing a series of you know cage matches where you pick two beloved songs and i think uh, Rosalita and 10th Avenue Freeze Out would be a great debate yeah, because debate. they're so both in that same sense of energy and excitement and and yep. joy um great choice totally agree um wonderful wonderful so thank you and can i really quickly before anyone yeah. says anything else here's a close fourth place candy's room mm. okay hmm. no no I, anyway go ahead Jim. no no I just no want to slide that's that a curious in. one yeah yeah, yeah. that is a well, good food for thought Okay. And, and what makes that a great pop song? Ah, you it's think? a long story. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, what I was going to ask about Tenth Avenue Freeze yeah. Out is to the the Springsteen scholars here on the line. Yeah. Is isn't that the one where, um, little Steven basically had to like redo the horn charts That's for right. it or something yes. like that, That's right? right? And basically yeah. like teach the horn players like how to play this <laughs> right. the yes, right way. That's the right soul. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And it again goes to how important I think he is as an influence. Authenticity. On, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it's that's really an amazing song. Okay. But and as a side um, note, it, I don't know if you guys have talked about his solo album yet. Had an episode, um, Soulfire. Oh no, not really. No. But it's it. When you guys check it out, I think it'd be worth a discussion. Uh, I've listened to it. It's it's really good. Yeah. 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 Okay. Good. All right. All right, Jim. All right, so Coach. I'm going to end this. Well, so let no, me do a little bit of setup. I, I know this is totally cheating here. Well, yeah, first of all, let cheating. me let me do a little rock in the suburb yeah. sound effect. Would you please? Ah, nice. Yeah, okay. That's a uh, Lost Rhino, Rhino Chasers Pilsner. Lost Pilsner. Rhino being a local Northern Virginia like, brewery. Nice. Yeah, you can crawl home from there, Jim. Yes. I can't. Uh, yeah, and I, and I sometimes may do that. <laughs> yes. Okay. So when I was making this last pick, first of all, let me set this up by saying uh, when I was putting together my Spotify list, the song I actually ended up picking from Springsteen is not one that we're talking about yeah, tonight, which is weird, a funny man. thing. Yeah. Only because I think Jesse's probably talked about this song to death. Yeah. And the song is Thunder Road. Yep. And yes. Thunder Road to me is the perfect Springsteen song. It's not... It depends, again, how you define pop music. I define pop music in sort of the broadest sense in terms yeah. of being popular music. But um, it's not a traditional pop song structure. There's no, no verse, chorus, verse in that. It's, it's more linear. It just sort of, you know, continues to build upon itself. And to me, that's sort of like the brilliance of it, that it just, you know, it just keeps going and going to the point where, like, you pretty much have to 
stop everything you're doing when you listen to Thunder Road and just listen to this song again. And every time I hear it, I feel like I'm hearing it for the first time. It's that great of a song. But we're not going to talk about that tonight. The well, other one... I, I, if we can, just a few minutes. Yes, mm-hmm. we have talked Thunder Road to death, but I think it is – it's because it is – you know, you could make the argument, and and I'm sure Born to Run and other songs may have something to say about that, you know, as we talk about the greatest quarterback of all times, and uh, <laughs> Joe Montana may have something to say about that, you know, to in that discussion – but Thunder Road could be Bruce's greatest song. Yeah, and, I, it, and if it's not there, it's in the discussion. That's right. Totally. No, I was going to say, yes, and then that would be the argument I would make. That I yeah. think if I had sure. to pick one, sure, man. Mm-hmm. that's probably it. It that's... just is absolute perfection. It just, like I said, it just... Um... Yeah, as long as you never heard Rosalita. But... Well, I love Rosalita, too. <laughs> but I love Rosalita for different reasons, you know? Yeah. Uh, Rosalita is a... Now that's a song I love because by the end of it you're like worn out. It is it is exactly. a song. Yeah, that's a Springsteen. That's yes. aesthetic, man. Yes. yes, I get you. Like yeah. like you just like. I care so much about you. You should climb down the chimney. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm. You know, there's so and and that ultimately that comes down to the core of this assignment, which is right. like how difficult it is to pick. Yes these great pop songs because his work is so varied and because he's so talented in terms of writing these different, you know, kinds of songs and different structures, you know, that it takes you off in a different directions. But, um, so that, so that's what I have to say about Thunder Road, but the song I wanted to end with here, I'm going to go back to a couple, couple reasons why I picked this one. One is I think, um, the testament of a great pop song is that it can be covered by other people sure. and hold up as a really good yeah. song, right? It can be interpreted by others. Yeah. It's kind of important actually. And so yeah. first I was yeah. going to pick because the night, because of course the Patti Smith song it's yes. all the criteria and uh, yeah. 10,000 maniacs also did that song and it was right. really great. And then you hear the Springsteen version that's on the promise and, and I've seen him do it live as well. And, it's amazing also, and it just has this amazing sort of a, again, kind of a build to it, kind of like this incredible like intensity to that song. So I was almost going to pick that. I, so you, you can you can sense here how I'm sort of cheating by mentioning songs I was going to no, pick. No, like I, I also totally agree with that. But, but anyway, here's where I landed, because I'm going to go back to our podcast when Patrick and I interviewed, and, and, and Patrick gets full credit for this. He set this up. It was one of the best things we've done. We interviewed this guy, uh, Dave Blanco from a Echo band. Echo Park Jimmy? No, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> uh, no Do I get a that's... little bit of joy that I threw that in there? That's great, too. Okay. Yeah, that's great, too. But uh, Dave Blanco from this band, Mara, yeah. who is a, a Springsteen sort of influenced band in a lot of ways. And he, Amazing dude. And he's met Springsteen. And what was the deal? Like, Springsteen came up to him and said how much he loved Mara. Yeah. And all this. it was a great interview. We talked about that right. on the interview. But he really sort of like said this in such a, a beautiful way about what makes a great pop song, which is that you're looking for the simplest thing that no one has yet discovered. That's right. right. Yeah. Okay. And so when I thought about that a little bit more and it sort of put that more into like the Springsteen lens, I thought about the song Fire. Yeah. Okay. And when I hear, you know, people know that from the Pointer Sisters version. <laughs> Thank you. 
the Springsteen version which is on The Promise one of the first thoughts I have is when he gets that that part about you gotta hold on me right from the start I'm thinking like god that sounds like Elvis Presley yeah yes and then I go and I research it and I go like he actually wrote that hoping that Elvis Presley would record it right. and then yes. Elvis died <laughs> right <laughs> so like that's yeah. an amazing thing right there that he's that he's sort of like you know ha- right. has that frame of reference and he's sort of channeling that mm-hmm. but here's the beauty of that song it's like you know, lyrically, it it it's just amazing the 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 rhymes and the way he he puts so much like truth into that song. But but just think about this, just that whole do 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 like that's it. That's Pretty the audacious. song. Yeah, it is audacious to write a song like that. That's yeah. the song. That's it right. is an incredible song. Yeah, you gotta be fire. Pretty, you gotta be pretty self confident to write that so sparingly and say like this works, man. Right. And then he gave that song away. That's right. 
and I think that is specifically the one little Steven said, really? Um, and you think about when this, um, after he was huge and uh, the live set came out, there was that, um, a video of him with someone with an accordion, him doing fire. And then, of course, Robin Williams doing Elver Fudd doing Bruce Springsteen covering oh. fire. And, you know, um, it is a absolutely amazing song um, with a lot of depth. And you can sing along, you know, that break where, you know, he pause and Romeo and Juliet. Yep. And you're just like, it is, I've never seen him do it live. Uh, I would love that, but I think that is a great choice. Um, and by the way, you know, like Linda Ronstadt did a version of I Should Fall Behind on one of her albums. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look for covers of If I Shall Fall Behind, it's been covered a fair amount of times too, which goes back to your premise, right? That if it's a great pop song, other people will flock to it and will do versions of it. Yeah, it becomes sort of a standard yes. in some way, right? Right. And there and there's so many of those with with Springsteen. I mean, I can think of uh, covers of other songs that I really like a lot, uh, like One Step Up. Yeah, is another one that's been done uh, quite a few times. Or you know, it's funny. Just I just heard this this uh, cover version a, a few weeks ago. There's a band called the Downtown Boys, and we talked about them a little bit on our podcast. Okay, they're out of they're out of Rhode Island. They're a punk band out of Rhode Island. And they do a cover of Dancing in the Dark. Okay. absolutely love like love but a lot of people hate it and so so um and to me that's almost like sort of like the signature of like a great performance like do you get that kind of emotion on both sides right, right. Do you get that kind of um i think it's great and one of the things uh again it sort of like speaks to the song is that it can be interpreted in these different ways and yes. it can elicit that that sort of emotion uh you know from the listener right well, um, very nice. Um, Patrick, before I give mine, are there um, 
are there any honorable mentions you want to go into? No, I'm good. I okay, think, you uh, sure? Close this right. out, Jesse. Yeah, All right. Yeah. So, you know, um, I I did a lot of thoughts um, um, without you, which came on the Blood Brothers documentary, yeah. which is kind of that Monday. Um, and then going through the days of the week, I thought was a little yeah. too close to ain't good enough for you, but it certainly did. We've already talked about Sherry Darling, Cadillac Ranch, but I decided to go as my last is No Surrender from oh, Born beautiful. in the USA. One, two, three, four. out of class you know learned more in a three record record than we've ever learned in school you've there got that rebellion um there is um you know one of the things that i've found during my journey of health is no retreat no surrender is what a lot of springsteen fans use as their mantra as they're mm -hmm. fighting you know cancer alzheimer you know right. depression you know unemployment whatever you do this whole no retreat no surrender yeah. and so I, I think it's a wonderful pop anthem you can sing along with it um i think if you ever want if you're ever sad um do a google search of no surrender houston um, 2014, <laughs> and there is two brothers that get on stage and sing the whole song with oh, the East Street wow. Band, and nice. uh, you know they are. I mean, he had a sign. I I kicked, I busted my uh, brother out of school, and Bruce brought him up. And th there is just an example of just joy. These two guys yeah. were having a blast. So uh, that was my last choice, and I just. Get out! 
of, you know, no retreat, no surrender is just, I think, a great anthem and and a wonderful pop song. It's hard to argue with that. That's that's an incredible song. And let me just tell you a quick story that the first, the the second time I saw Springsteen, I had a huge gap. I I saw him on the Tunnel of Love tour in the late 80s, and then I didn't see him again until uh, the... I guess it was working on a dream okay tour. so there's a huge gap there and um when i went to see him that second time there were like three songs on my wish list <laughs> that I was like if he plays these three songs i'm gonna be so happy right. yes. one of them was no surrender one of them was hungry heart and the other one was rosalita oh nice and he nice. played all three of those songs that <laughs> night so it was a that was it, my dreams came true yeah right? oh, absolutely right. other, and the thing i love about no surrender too when you see it live is just how much nils gets into that song yeah. man man he yes. just jams that thing it is so great it is and um there is a springtime for springsteen is a couple of guys actually from the maryland area that uh decided to do a springsteen they wanted to do a podcast and they just picked uh, because they didn't know anything about Bruce, and they just said, "Okay, we'll do the springtime for Springsteen because one of their best friends." And you know, they had a theory which I think is h- hilarious. Is they said, "I just think the E Street Band should just do nothing but covers. I think they are the greatest cover band in the world. They should just tour doing nothing but covers." And I'm like, I, I don't totally agree with that theory but i do understand the sentiment behind it <laughs> yeah, because yeah, totally right. they are such a great band yes uh and when bruce pulls that whether it's you know um i can't get no satisfaction it, or whatever he can play it um yep. guys this was a blast i appreciate great it time, i'm so happy so um tell us how to reach you and let's also for all our listeners, both your shows and mine, we want to talk about the importance of SRR, subscribe, rate, and review. Um, so talk a little bit about that and then tell my listeners how they can find you guys. Okay, so you can find Rock in the Suburbs um, not once in a while, but every day. Every day. Every day. <laughs> Listen every day. Every day. And every day on uh, we're on all the big podcast platforms. So yep. you got your Apple Podcasts or what used to be called iTunes, and then Audio Boom, and then all the other main ones, Stitcher yeah. and TuneIn and right. SoundCloud and all that stuff. You can throw a rock in a podcast environment and hit us. Yeah. Yes, you yes. can find that. So and then subscribe, like you said, yeah. that would be really nice. And if you can rate and review us, that would be great too. That really helps us out. As we like to say, it it uh, it gives us evidence 
to our wives to let us keep doing the show. So that's <laughs> the reason we do it. That's, yeah. so, so that's I, important. So I have – you guys were kind enough before we hit record to talk about how often I podcast. And um, I told um, Linda – you know, Mrs. Set Lusting Bruce. Uh, oh. and, and I said, yeah, um, Jim and Patrick are like, yeah, our, our we, ratings and reviews show our wives that we're just not talking to ourselves. Right. And, and she kind of rolled her eyes and says, um, yeah, I wonder sometimes that about you. Does, is anyone <laughs> else listening to you? And I'm like, well, you know, at least a few. So, I'll introduce her to my wife. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yes, um, and they can talk about right. why Bruce is and uh, not necessarily their favorite artist. Yeah. Um, oh, she is. She is for Patrick's wife. No, that is loves, true. Yeah, Patrick's wife loves Springsteen. My okay, wife, not it. at all. I yes, so, it's funny. I'm living this yeah, private yeah. hell. We saw Bruce <laughs> a couple times. Yeah. Oh, but very good. Well, yeah. um, our show is available at Set Lusting Bruce on Twitter. Uh, we have a Facebook page, Set Lusting Bruce, and my personal Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. We'd love to hear your suggestions on what is a Bruce Springsteen, uh, your favorite Bruce Springsteen pot songs. Um, I have, I don't have a fun jingle, but you can call me at 214-736-3121 if you want to leave a voicemail. Guys, what's the Suburban Party Line number? And so that my listeners can say, hey, I found you because of Set Lusting Bruce. Oh, that would be great. We would love to get those calls. Yeah. We love any calls. I'm excited. It's, so uh, we have a we have a phone number. You can call and leave a message. It's called the Suburban Party Line. It is 612-440-1984. There you go. And Jesse, let me just ask you one quick thing before sure. we go here. Uh, did you interview our friend Mary Nahorniak last night? I did interview Mary, and it was such was a that? joy. Uh, she, um, for those of you... You, you will have heard the episode by this one is released, but um, Mary was a former colleague at uh, USA Today with the guys, and yep. uh, she would have a regular episode, Tuesdays with Mary, kind of a play on Tuesdays with Maury, and she is absolutely just a sweet, lovely person, and a great interview. So um, I'd been pugging, bugging her, and she joined me last night. We talked about an hour. We talked about her daughter Alice and music. She told actually a couple of fun Springsteen stories. Um, one of them that I thought was very funny, she was in the car, and Mary's Place came on, and she's like, hey, that's a Springsteen song about me. <laughs> and so, um, and she talked a lot about the different music that Alice is listening to and her and her husband going to, right now, all their date nights or concerts. So it was an absolutely wonderful discussion. And I appreciate you guys helping to make this happen. That's great. Yeah. That's great. She's the best. It's a delight. All she right. She is. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Thanks, we love you. so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Um, so please check out uh, Rockin' the Suburbs. Jim, Patrick, have a great night, and I will be listening to you daily. Thanks, team. God bless you, man. Stay right. strong, dude. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Yeah.
Hi, hey, Patrick. How are you, man? I am great. I, I, I came in. Sorry. I heard some of your stuff. I hope you're doing well. I, I am, talk to you. Yeah, I am doing okay. It is, um, yeah, it is, you know, it's kind of, uh, and there's other people that have so much worse than I do. So um, I kind of keep that in perspective and uh, so we're doing okay. Do. Yeah. And you, yeah, and and you're doing great, man. Um, Thank you. You're an inspiration. You're uh, you're so positive and like still cranking out all kinds of achievements. Well, thanks. You know that. Yeah. You know, I I I always think about this. Um, and this is what you do: is you do something every day, and you like it. You know, you crank something out, and that means a lot. And you're an inspiration in that sense. You crank out so many of these episodes that are so good. Well, um, and you still find time to listen to our stuff, which I don't I understand. <laughs> well, so God bless you for that, man. The beauty of yours is, you know, you're 20 to 30 minutes, which is a perfect commute time. And um, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, versus I tend to, you know, we tend to talk a lot, but it's a different kind of format. Sure. And um and I just loved what you guys have been doing and and I am so jealous that I'm here in so anyway I'm just jealous I I want to hang at oh. you know the on the back porch or in the well, you know you are welcome man okay. anytime you want to well, come I will make that just good yeah all right. so all right you ready to get when started the, when the when the Cowboys yeah. play the Redskins yes right? there we go that would be I'll fun yes all uh, right so and uh, and just one other thing too is, yeah. Patrick, you mentioned, you know, how does Jesse have time for this? He does. You do like multiple podcasts. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, you're, you're talking I, all the sci-fi, fantasy stuff I that I have no concept of what that yeah. whole world is. Right. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at IntoHistory.com.